I want to live in a world where Johnny Fever and Punky Brewster's adopted father are brothers. Also, Black Lives Fucking Matter. Jamie? Yes. Let's go watch Police Academy 2, their first assignment. to another episode of Good Times, Great Movies. Here we are, as we are, uh, <laughs> to talk about a movie from the 1980s. It is myself, Jamie Lorello, along with a DP McCambridge. Right. Um, and we usually pick our, our episodes or our movies based off of something going on, you know, something relevant right. happening. And in, in, it's relevant like um, National Pizza Day relevant. <laughs> Um, this Not time, important relevant no, at all. Exactly. This time, however, uh, without even trying, oh. we've really kind of hit the vein, the pulse, yeah. if you will. Um, the silly pulse, of course. I um, feel really of... silly for having chosen this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really did. Sitting down to watch this, I kind of felt icky. And I was like, oh, no. Are people going to think we picked this just because? Please don't think that we picked this for no, any other no. reason other than it's the summer of sequels. And this is, you know, two weeks ago it wasn't quite as tense let's say or well yeah it's always tense well i think we should say that but it wasn't it, it didn't blow up the way it has now right the events have definitely escalated exactly um, yeah so well but like you said the reason we've chosen this movie is 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 um is because it is a sequel mm -hmm. there is a police academy <laughs> one and as you've taught me uh earlier before the uh you know, the, there's before police the academy up to seven. Yeah, before listening. the regular <laughs> patrons, we went through the entire series already. <laughs> seven of these, and this is number two. Mm -hmm. Police Academy Two. Yeah, which again, Police Academy is about them being in the police academy and just learning. They're just learning how to be the police. Well, right. I would argue that they're still learning by the end of this movie how to be police. Yeah, it's a curve. It's well, this is just their first assignment as a group. Right, their first their first assignments, assignment. and it's mm -hmm. confusing because they're they're not on the same assignment. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't understand how police work, but. The idea that one of them is a motorcycle cop, the other mm -hmm. one is in a car. It seems Steve Gutenberg does not get a car at all. He just has to walk everywhere he goes. Uh, oh, no, he's got that one uh, truck with the dog. Oh, and the, yeah. yeah. It's like a pickup truck that they put a cage in the back. Of. Yeah, with the hugest, hugest, furriest police dog ever. Yeah, I was... It's like a Malamute. Is that a type of a dog? <laughs> Let's call, you call, let's just call it Clifford and leave it at that. Okay, it's a big go. red dog that he brings around. But yeah, I didn't. 
At no point did they say he was part of a canine unit, right? No, well, no, it does say it on the car at one point. No, 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 I know, but even when, oh, when no, he's but talking they don't to his boss, no. he's like, oh, I see, you're neat and orderly. You apparently like to take showers. I got just the partner for you. Yeah. Nothing about a dog or anything like that. No, no, and the dog really doesn't do anything no. except fetch the ball. It's not like he's helping to solve any of the crimes or sniffing out any of these uh, maybe the dog is the problem on the on the team. You know, maybe he could help them find these punks. These scullions? Is that the name of the punk group? I don't the, know. That's terrorizing <laughs> this town? I don't know. <laughs> I, terror, I think terrorizing is <laughs> probably not the correct term. How about those... Uh, about those grown men playing uh, football? They're standing about six feet apart oh, playing football. Yeah. From yeah. I was like, why are the punks harassing these guys? There's no reason for that's this. That's just so Bubba Smith can come in and throw a football, right? I, Isn't that what that's for? Right, that's it. Yeah, it's just yeah. so we can go, oh, Bubba Smith football. I get it. Yeah, but I gotcha. if you want a Bubba Smith scene... When all those leather daddies, let's call them leather daddies, are rallying <laughs> like around that. him and they're just like, mm-hmm, we're into this guy. And he like adjusts his tie. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That's some sweet time with Bubba Smith, I agree. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So it's uh, Police Academy, too. But mm. before we start, uh, if people are curious, don't forget we have a Patreon and we've already we started. Do. Uh, the summer of sequels over there. Yes. With our depressing discussion of <laughs> missing in action to the beginning. <laughs> so if you want to listen to us just be really upset that we had to watch a movie, go check that episode out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Chuck Norris. Listen. <clears throat> Is our other Chuck Norris a Patreon movie too? It's oh, no, 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 it? no. You can go back and listen to. Mm, Silent Rage? No. What's that movie called? Do you remember? I, I was silently raging while we watched it, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what you were thinking. Uh, if, you I don't want, if you want to listen to us talk about two movies where horrible things are happening, one, a man is being burned alive. Another one, a woman is sobbing because her family was murdered. And Chuck Norris's response in both is basically, they're there. It's okay. <laughs> If you want to listen to us discuss that, go to Patreon or go back in time about a year. Find it on the podcast yeah. feed. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't remember the name of that movie. It was Silent something, Silent right? Justice? Private Justice? No, maybe Silent Justice. But was he? I don't remember. I don't know. It's, it's a terribly dumb movie. It was terrible. But strangely yeah. enough, that one was way more fun than Missing in Action 2. It was. It was. <laughs> Yeah, I put on on social media, I was like, I think we're doing Patreon wrong because we're giving people things like Back to the Future. And behind a paywall, we're like, ooh, missing in action, too. (laughs) You want to pay for that stuff. Well, I mean, it is an entertaining conversation we have because the movie, as horrible as it is, does... um Sometimes it's fun to hear us get sure, upset. Sure, yeah. A guy it gets is. malaria multiple times in this movie. He can't kick it. He just can't he gets kick it. injected with opium and thinks he's fine for a minute. He's dancing. He's ready to take <laughs> on the Vietnam. Anyway, you know what, guys? It's it's over on our It's Patreon. on the page. It's, yeah, uh, it's patreon.com slash movies. So check it out. But mm-hmm. now for regular episodes, we are into the summer of sequels. Here we are. We're starting with something that is arguably funny. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Like you said, some good chuckle moments, and and something. Some are sequels. Like you said, this was sort of uh, every year they put out one of these. This was sort of a staple of the eighties. This this police academy. Yeah, and I'm this not academy. sure why. <laughs> that's, no, that's kind of my my question. Again, I, I was a little too young. It's not like my parents were into police academy and it's mm-hmm. not like I was old enough to drive to the theater. So I never really saw these movies. I ended up watching a few of them when they were on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you which ones I watched. I couldn't tell you the plot of any of them. No, same here. Same here. I'm yeah. still confused I, about the plot of this one because I'm convinced nothing really happened. There's really, I mean, these punks are just kind of punks in, in, mm-hmm the town or in the city that they exist in. They, they don't really murder anybody. They don't nope. really, they're just sort of like their leader is Bobcat Goldway, who is Zed, I think is his name. Is it is the leader. And he's just sort of crazy and just like has these little manic episodes, but doesn't. And, He's not, like, necessarily leading their charge in everything. I mean, when they go to the fair, maybe, in the grocery store. But um, they kind of make their own mischief um, in the in the town. Because he doesn't. There are guys later that rob the lamp store. Again, the lamp store. Yeah. Tw- gets robbed. And those guys are not part of his gang. Like, that's believe- second time, right? I don't know, because the second time they come in, like, as a shakedown. They're like, Jimmy wants his money or whatever. I don't think they say Zed wants his money. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know, because you're right in that this gang seems to be the big thing. Once the gang is caught, everybody's happy. Yeah. But they're reading out these crime statistics that there's no way Bobcat Goldthwait and these four other dudes are responsible <laughs> for all of this crime. And also, that's not even really the plot of this. Mm-mm. The plot of it is the fact that head of the class is the police chief. Yeah. And if he doesn't stop Bobcat Goldthwait, he's going to lose his job. Yeah. But then there's police. Who are the who are the bad police guys? Did you... I don't know their names. Right. They're the okay. only one whose names I didn't write down. Yeah. But the whole point of this is then they want to sabotage the police academy crew. Yes. So, so that, that they could right. So head of the class gets fired. Like that's what this movie's all about. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever happened in this movie, I am. I don't think I'm a fan of Police Academy movies. You don't I think really you are? That's okay. That's okay. This is your discovery. This was your first assignment, and you didn't like yeah. it so much. <laughs> Oh, all right. So this is from 1985. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it. Listen, if you've seen a Police Academy movie, you know who's in this. Yeah, you got your lineups. So the Gutenberg is Mahoney, mm-hmm. who's um, there's that fun comedian uh, Michael Winslow that does all the sound effects with his right. mouth. Of course, he's, he's there. He's Jones, Tackleberry, the tall guy that likes the guns. <laughs> He loves his guns. Yeah. He loves his guns so much. And were you shocked that Wayne from The Wonder Years is in this? Too? Again, again, he was not so long, busy but in does 85. pull up. Yeah, does pull up. And it's, anytime they needed just a kid that was kind of a dick kid, they yeah. were like, come on, you're going to be a stooge? Come on. In 85, this Back to the Future and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, he was in all three all of, of those movies. Wow. Yeah, he was getting booked. He, he was, was getting booked. Yeah, very busy. Yeah. 
Uh, Tackleberry Hightower is, of course, Bubba Smith. Yep. Then there's that nerdy guy. I don't think I wrote his name I just down. called him the Jewish cop. Fackler? Okay. Fackler? Something with an F was his yeah, name. Yeah, something like that, who I kind of remember, but he doesn't have a He might have been replaced, like because like you said, Bobcat becomes a cop in right. the later episodes. And, and the, a... the nerd lamp store yes. owner becomes a cop. Like, I... I wouldn't be surprised if after this movie they were like, who is that? We just, let's get rid of this guy. Yes. We have a new nerd. Right. He really, oh, people fell in love with him at Police Academy too. We got to <laughs> get him in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's I wouldn't be surprised if he was replaced. And also, spoiler, Tackleberry's wife, um, she is only back in uh, Police Academy 4. Mm, she takes a little break. She does take a break. I, yeah. She had uh, more of a career. Uh, her name is Colleen Camp. She um, she played the, the French maid in Clue. Oh, yes, yes. And she was also the um, Brian Doyle Murray's wife in Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. Good she was, call. Yeah, she was this is all like just a... like, I came up with the name Noah's Arcade. I just opened my mouth and out it came. <laughs> and then one of the guys working on Wayne's crew is like, and can I say your wife is totally hot? <laughs> <laughs> and she, yeah. So she, so she took a break because she had some other things in her career to do. So she was like a, like a hottie actress of the 80s, I guess. Yeah, I think okay. she was in a lot of uh, Cinemax movies as well, just looking Ooh, through her IMDb. Just okay. based on the names of these films, okay, uh, I okay. have a feeling she did a lot of that stuff, okay, too. Okay, okay. Yeah. So she's, she's used to the cuffs. But also, like we said, um, I think earlier we said, I think she was replaced, too, because they got that, that tall Yeah, the taller woman, lady. You know? And what about the lady with the squeaky voice? I was so sad that she doesn't, because again, as I said, I, I feel like I've seen later movies where she has way more to do. They yeah. gave her nothing to do in this movie. Yeah, well, because when, well, we'll get to the assignments. What <laughs> she's assigned to is pretty pitiful. She's like just the, um, like the operator, basically, or the receptionist. Let's, let's call her Dispatcher. the operator. Dispatch, yes. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You, you know your police. I just had to, I, I got no, there. That's okay. I got there. I, I enjoyed when the guy kept making fun of her and... <laughs> Every time you refer to her, he was just like, I do declare. Yeah. What am I going to do? I, like, I don't I don't know that this joke is working, but I was kind of into it. <laughs> so the movie opens where we see a nerd. Mm-hmm. He's closing. I wrote what appears to be a lamp store. I thought I was writing a joke. I wasn't. It's a <laughs> lamp store. Yeah, it's full of lamp, But closing the lamp store, like... Securing that there's a bear trap, there's a flashing lights, there's a fake dog bark, there's barbed wire, yep. there's a Clint Eastwood cutout. Sure. There's it's there's a electrified barbed wire. Like when he yeah. pulls down the barbed wire, you can see it like sparking and stuff. I guess because people in that neighborhood like their lights. Right. And also. In 1985, did ATM machines say hello to you? I guess. I guess. Very confusing. (laughs) The ATM machine continues to say hello, and he, for some reason, feels a need to respond by saying hello back to it. He's a curious little man. Yes. Oh my God. Um, Yes, he goes to the ATM right after he locks up, and it's yeah, weird little ATM machine. But there's there's these punks, right? These punks that come and and bother him. I was so happy 
to see Bobcat Goldthwait in this movie. And it's very early. The, you know, again, yeah. we're in like the first two minutes of this movie mm-hmm. and you see him and he's not a cop yet. He's Mm-mm. a he's like a weird punk, but yeah. still so goofy. Like I don't oh, yeah. know how he's the leader of this group other than everybody assumes he's unhinged and nobody really wants to get in his I way. Think that's <laughs> like, I think it that's what it is. I think that's what it is because even when uh, Gutenberg meets up with them later in the old zoo, um, <laughs> it's great headquarters, is, by the way. <laughs> the old, oh, we're in the old zoo. I'm in the old zoo. We're in the old zoo. It's the old zoo. Do you hear me? The old, old zoo. zoo. And that microphone they put on him when he goes undercover. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bobcat is, he's hes Bobcat in, in this. He's a, unhinged is, is a good description. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's no different than the character that he plays in any other movie. It's just they put a leather jacket on him and they're like, okay, now you're a punk and you're a villain. So just be Bobcat Goldthwait as a villain. Right, because people are, but see, that's the thing. You don't not like him, right? You, you don't No, I, I he was a breath of fresh air. Sure. I mean, a lot of these personalities are fun. And I, I know that that's what this film series is. It's mm-hmm. like, let's get a lot of goofy personalities in mm-hmm. here and just let them go crazy. Because most of the time, someone who is somewhat interesting is on screen. And I guess that's enough to hold it together. Well, once Gutenberg puts his sleeves back on, I don't know if I'm so interested anymore. I <laughs> we have to talk about that Taylor thing because I did not know what was happening. I at the end of that I was like, is that a deleted scene? Did somebody <laughs> just slip this into the movie? Why? Why? Why do we need this? I, I don't know. know. But we find out that uh, it's the next day, and we mm-hmm. find out that Howard Hessman, uh, or you know, as we said, the teacher and head of the class, mm-hmm. or Johnny Fever, depending on how you know him, <laughs> uh, he's in charge of this precinct he's the captain right Right. yes and it's the worst precinct ever and it's a hot mess yeah and his boss shows up and it's like a weird almost like almost like an ultimatum that would be in breaking two or something where he's like (laughs) you have 30 days to turn this place around or else uh (laughs) evil land developers are coming in or something (laughs) and he asks for more people because well he's been defunded (laughs) it's it's so weird i felt so uncomfortable watching this i felt so uncomfortable rooting for the cops although i was kind of rooting for bobcat goldthwaite so i mean a little bit yeah yeah. so he is told that he can hire six new Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and he has a connection because his brother (laughs) punky brewster's dad works at the academy leads it is the chief of the academy Mm mm-hmm and has been training these new cops to be ready for, for their first assignment for their line of duty. Yeah. Um, so he calls his brother. Like you said, they have a, a fun um, exchange where he calls his brother and he's looking for um, some strong young men. Yep. <laughs> his brother. And, and Punky Brewster's dad does not bat an eye at all because no. he's just like, well, uh, you know, there are places you can go. There are some bars that I know of. <laughs> It's it's it is the 
first of I think two legitimate laughs I had. In okay, this, movie. this was a documented laughter for you. And, and as I was I telling could... you earlier, this is very early in the movie, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be good. I'm gonna yeah. strap in. It's an early police academy. How bad could this be? Little did I know. Little did you know there was no plot at all. There <laughs> is a like a slimy weasel cop. His name is Mauser. Oh, that's his name, Mauser. Yes, he's the lieutenant. Right. right. Yes. yes. Yeah. And and he's out for Howard Hessman's job, and he's like, yes. okay, if I can get these new recruits to fail, I'm right. gonna get his job, and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna need. How about that guy who's who's his second? The dopey command? guy. Man, is that guy dopey? I could have used a little more of him too. Every time he yeah. was on screen, he had some good. Yeah, yeah he had stuff. some I was fun. Into like it. when he was saying stuff, I was into it. <laughs> when they gave him something <laughs> to say, I was all about it. Uh, So we do get introduced to our police academy graduates and what they are up to now. Yeah. Yep. And what their their assignments are before they belong to the 16th. Most uh, of them are cops. Well, they're but they're like like a crossing guard. What is. Yes. And is is Michael Winslow a mall cop? Is he just hanging out at the mall? That's yes. I think they're low rate. Kind of okay, protector right. off. So yes, my, Tackleberry is a uh, a crossing guard, okay, and is helping. But again, wild misuse of weapons. Um, he almost shoots Wayne from the Wonder Years. He shoots holes in that lady's car, and she seems grateful. She's so excited. Well, she's having some issues with her son, who's just. He can't get to school in time, and he's always running late, and she's just had enough of this little bastard child of hers. And she just wants the cop to give him a good talking to, and Tackleberry just kind of blows out the car, like you said. It's not even, and yeah. And it's a weird thing, too, because it's not like she's at home, and he won't get out of bed, or he won't No, she's, she's driving him to school. Him to school. Yeah. He just won't get out of the car. Yeah. Like, but now he does. Yeah, he now hustles. he gets out of the car, because yeah. he blows holes in that thing. Again... I've seen crossing guards near me. None of them are police officers. No. None of them have firearms. They're adorable little old ladies is what they are. Yes. And it's sweet. And they're, yes, I know. Yeah. Um, we also see we, Michael Winslow is yes. apparently a mall cop. That, yeah, he's in like a food court area, right? That food court looks like somebody's giant living room. Like it looks like yeah. the Golden Girls living room or something. There's <laughs> little palm trees everywhere. It's almost, I think it's carpeted. <laughs> but he's just sitting in there doing his Michael Winslow. I I did think this was kind of fun too. Yeah, this was. There's a yuppie couple that is in the in the food court, and they sit down to have a meal together. And they uh, he starts making these random bodily noises, like loud chewing and kind of gurgly tummy noises. And it is funny. It is funny, especially because yeah. it's kind of amazing how he's able to do that. I mean, it's, it's Michael mouth. Winslow on screen. Anytime <laughs> yeah. Michael Winslow is like doing those funny noises, it's funny. I, like, I don't yeah. care. It, I know. Like whatever. That's what he's there for. That's what you know you're getting. But he delivers it every time. Did yeah. you love how when he's doing that whole karate fight? Oh, I love the Bruce karate voice fight. His dubbed. Okay. I found it so entertaining. When he's like, "Oh no, not the carrots, <laughs> not the broccoli, <laughs> not the carrots." It's like this is fantastic. Yeah. No, that was a great scene. That was a. Yeah. Did you? Was that a documented chuckle? Uh, I want to know when the other documented chuckle came. Mm. 
I think I just I think I just nodded approvingly. That, uh, was, okay. that was basically okay. it. With maybe a half smile. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. The next assignment, Gutenberg's assignment, M- M- Mahoney. Yes. He is a beach cop, basically. He gets to ride around with no sleeves and shorts, which is, I guess, why he has to go to the tailor later and have that awkward scene. <laughs> but he has. <laughs> he is just. Um, he's just cruising the beach on his little beach jeep, right? Just yeah. trying to keep it safe. For all the beachgoers. It's like a prequel to Baywatch. He's like the mm-hmm. kind of like a David Hasselhoff as a cop. And, Not quite, and you but see he that thinks. He, well, yeah. <laughs> you see that he's like the most competent cop because he does sort of chase that guy down. Oh, the guy yeah. in the truck. And, like, you know, it's, it's Steve Gutenberg as a cop. It's like Mark Harmon as a teacher. It's just like, all right, he's super cool. We get it. He's laid back. He's not taking any of this seriously. But if he really wanted to do his job, he'd be really good at it. He'd be good at it. Yeah. That's sort yeah. of what you get from him. The funny thing is there are two other members. That, no, there are three other members of this team. We, we don't, don't see, know their background. We don't see what no. Bubba Smith is uh-uh. up to. No. Or that nerdy guy. Or, or a squeaky lady. Yes. Or, or, yeah, I, I know. I don't know what they're up to. So They either did it and they cut that out and they're like, you know, we got to move this along. Or they were just like, you know what, you're just part of the group of six that got chosen. Right, yes. And it's really just these three that we yeah. Yeah, we, we got to move this along. We're almost at an hour 28 minutes. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way we can pack in any more information in here. We don't well, want to bore the audience. Then the group is welcomed. Here we are. We are the new recruits. Welcome, men. He goes, welcome, men and you. And you. <laughs> She's adorable. I mean, yeah. Hooks is so cute. She's always cute. I think in later films, she gets, like, more badass, meaning, like, she's always adorable, but she gets to punch more people and shoot yeah. people and stuff like that. It's not well, like much you said, of they that just. Here. No, they just have her doing the the dispatch. So yeah. she really, does. although she does at the very end, because right. um, that's when he even Gutenberg says, "Ah, oh, it's good to have you. Where you been?" or something. Yes, yeah. But we needed scenes with her, like at that switchboard, like scenes of her like being confused and having to like answer call. Like yeah. none of that happens. She seems very competent, and that just doesn't go with what Close everybody else is doing. So, in, so they're all there. I did notice, I did write in my notes, I was like, does the Goot have a sleeveless uniform? Because uh, oh, I yeah. really didn't oh, yeah. notice that he was just wearing shorts and a sleeveless police shirt. I mean, if you're just prowling the beach, it's a little cumbersome to have the full uniform. Yeah. So now we get a scene that makes no sense, because I don't think this is how police uniforms work. Like, I don't think you go to Oh, yeah, I don't think tailor. you go to the tailor to get them done, No. I think no, they just I think ask you, your shirt size and yes. they give you a shirt. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we, if you're the goot, you want it to fit just right. Right, because this guess you this go to the tailor, this Mauser guy, this guy that's trying to sabotage the whole thing, is giving everybody their assignments. Yes, and he's, he's like, he's hey, in of that. Tackleberry, yeah. you like guns, you know how to ride a motorcycle. Go here, Bubba Smith, yeah. you go whatever. He's foot patrol, <laughs> foot patrol. They give him <laughs> foot patrol. You squeaky, you get to work the switchboard. Fine, right. but Gutenberg's not in this scene. We see him. At a tailor's next to a kid that has a balloon giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And he takes the balloon giraffe and then does the strangest thing, tucks it in his shorts. Yep. Where it doesn't even look like it's something that would be coming out of the shorts. And even the tailor, the lady doing the measurements is like, yeah, that's, I'm not even into that at all. Yeah. What are you doing? And She's she like, pops it. That's clearly an, a balloon animal you have in your yeah. pants. Like there's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I expected there to be some sort of romantic subplot with he and this woman or something. No. No, th- there no. is not nothing comes. No, of this, this scene just wastes our time. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it it comes right after they get their assignments, mm-hmm. and then suddenly he's back there in uniform. I, it is the most baffling scene in a movie filled with just nonsense. <laughs> well, he's got his suit now, his full suit, so that he he can do his duty, which, like you said. It, we don't realize it's sort of canine duty or he's part of one of his two partners is uh he's part of the canine unit with that sloppy Schultzman Schultzman. I think is his partner. Well, that's the whole joke is like, Oh, you're super good looking and you care about your appearance. I got the perfect partner for you, which again, doesn't come to anything. Like there's no friction between these people. No, they get along because he's a good guy. I do like it. He goes to his apartment and like the chair is breaking and Gutenberg, he goes to sit on the chair, Gutenberg and the chair breaks. And then the the apartment's just a cluttered Mm -hmm. mess. Like it looks like a hoarder lives there. Um, he eats all the things he eats. He eats cereal, and I think there's a bug in his cereal. And then he, <laughs> they're going, they're walking maybe from their car, and he reaches in the trash and picks up a crunch bar and is like, oh, I know why somebody threw it away. It has ants on it. But he blows the ants <laughs> off, and then he off. eats it anyway. Yeah. Like, and I was thinking, gross. that's disgusting. It's a crunch bar. Those things are gross. Also, it was in the trash. Like, that, That I think, was actually a genuine laugh. Just the fact that he reached it, he's like, I can't believe someone threw him in a crunch bar. And, and Goodberg's in there going, you're not going to, don't eat, don't eat that. Don't yeah. eat that. No, and he does. And we, he get, does. we get the most um, generic, like, meeting of the cops and their partners oh, right. and what they're doing. Like, Tackleberry... Ooh, he has Tackleberry's like a, got a little love right. connection. He has like yeah. a sexy lady cop who mm-hmm. is his motorcycle partner, but he doesn't really get along with ladies a whole lot. But they do bond over their love of guns. Yeah, yeah. This is where we see um, Hightower, Bubba Smith. He like throws a football to some guy. Like He's not paired with anybody, <laughs> no, is he? No, I don't think no, so. No, he's just on foot. They're like, you know what, you're good on your own. We, you're, we won't, uh... you're big enough. The, you can handle oh, everything. The dopey, the nerdy guy, again, we don't get much <laughs> into him, but he just seems to be like he and his partner, they go to the donut shop where the car blows up behind they're, them. They're like two they peas no in idea. a pod, these guys. Yeah. They're just like... Donuts? Great. Fantastic. I did think that was kind of funny where you see these punks dumping gasoline all over the car. And then he goes in to ask him for a match. And he gives it to him. He goes, oh, and yeah. the guy gives him the whole pack. And his partner's like, that's good. That's really good what you just did. See, you're just trying to make friends with the... That's what you got to do. You got to get to know the public. You did that. Good job. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think... Yeah, we obviously she doesn't have a partner because she's just man in the... Right. She's at the switchboard with kind of the dumb guy the the dumb bad no, guy yeah. mm-hmm. again didn't mm-hmm. write down his name didn't write down anything he said but i thought it was kind of funny i agree i did too so after all of this because you know we haven't seen that lamp store for at least 20 minutes <laughs> we're back at the lamp what's store. happening the town lamp store is a hot place and it's a hotbed for crime just so you know 
No wonder he was locking it up so hard. Also, night. we see him early in the movie, the very first scene, we t- see him take money out of the register. And then when he does get robbed, he has $8. So nobody's going in the lamp store. I don't see why everyone is trying to rob this place. I don't know why either. It must be some, maybe that's in the third one, what the lamp store oh, okay. really is selling. <laughs> Maybe that's why, as a cop, he's like, this lamp store is not working out. Yeah. Also, I saw those cops. They're super incompetent. I could probably be one. They come to the lamp store. The punks are back at the lamp store to, this time, kind of smuggle or get money from from the lamp guy. Like like I said, somebody, he owes somebody. He owes somebody the money from the drawer. Um, But... It, it looks like there's a there's a burglary. There's a holdup happening. Right. And Gutenberg can, and his partner see it from the window. They call for backup. I think backup's denied. Right. He doesn't send backup. That Mauser guy denies them backup because mm-hmm. what's-her-name's hooks is working the switchboard. And he's like, no, 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 they don't need backup. Just send them in. Mm-hmm. So it's just them. But also... I, like, did other people hear this on the police scanner? Because I think everyone so. converges on this lamp store. They all just know to go. They all mm-hmm. kind of sneak around. The bad guys, first of all, are long gone. Like, they are long gone. Yeah, they go point. out the back and right. hide, and they're not even involved. And it's just the lamp guy. They're still hiding, I think. His, his water machine, whatever those big water bottle machines are called. Machine? I oh. call it a water cooler. Let's call yeah. it that. Call it a water cooling machine um, if you okay. like, but right. I'm sure there's some circuits in there. There probably isn't. <laughs> it does when you have to warm because sometimes it gives you hot. You get the hot water. Tea. Okay, all right. Well, it continually makes noise in this movie that that sort of like spooks everyone, mm-hmm. and then they just light this place up. They just everybody. The motorcycle cop, the hot motorcycle cop, who is not one of these dumb recruits comes in with what appears to be a machine gun and just yeah. starts shooting everything. Everything. Yeah. There is so much shooting happening. They 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 blow the place up, basically. Every one of them that comes, like you says, fires several rounds. Yep. The the motorcycle cops themselves, gun enthusiasts, bring several types of guns to yep. shoot several rounds with. I oh I did write it down. It was Twelve hundred rounds of ammunition <laughs> and seventy-six thousand dollars worth of damage. That's a lot of damage, and somehow they're holding the police responsible. Hmm, that's an interesting turn of events. And, and the bad guy is kind of like, "Ooh, this is going to make them great. This is their first like mm-hmm. X marks the spot." And like you, Gutenberg comes through. They have a meeting, and the chief is like, "This isn't good," but Gutenberg kind of yeah. turns it around. Yeah, Hesman's says, like, this is terrible. You guys yeah. destroyed an entire business, mm-hmm. thousands of dollars worth of damage. You probably, I don't even know where you got those weapons from. And the goot stands up and he's like, we just we just care too much, you know? That's what if it is. everybody cared like us, you know, this would be a great precinct. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, we really, really care about the community. And some, for some reason, Howard Hesman's like, you know what? That's really good work, man. And it just it's a it lot makes of care. No sense. Yeah. Like Mm-mm. there is a moment of possible conflict in this movie, and it's instantly diffused. Like there is no conflict because it just has to be wacky gag after wacky gag. And I get it; it's a police academy movie. I understand, but I don't know that you needed them to unload in this lamp store the way they did. I guess to have all the broken glass, all the lamp, the lamp thing must be a thing. Lots of I chandeliers. Don't I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. 
But in case you forgot that there's an evil gang in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yep, there is. Now we watch them go shopping. Yeah, on to the grocery store. Well, local grocery store shop. Uh, the light store guy is here, too, by the way. <laughs> he's in the grocery store. He's constantly. He still gets harassed. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like they follow him around and just harass everyone around him, every place that he goes. And But now, in the grocery store when they arrive, again, they're not, except for the lamp guy, they're not really threatening other people. No. They're just kind of making a mess. Like, they're pulling things off the shelves. and right. um, But also... <laughs> They're stocking the shelves later, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait is very appreciative as they leave. He thanks I the woman at the all register. The bargains. <laughs> for all the great bargains. Like, there's there's a moment where they come in and he grabs the, whatever, the microphone and he yells that he needs beer up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the most threatening thing they ever do in this yeah. grocery store. Because they kind of just go shopping. Like it's just yeah, but sloppy shopping. shopping. They just spree. do some sloppy shopping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not like they're criminals in like RoboCop or something where they're trying to rape people or something like nope, that. No. Nope. No. No, they they're just went dangerous. shopping. That's mm -hmm. all. But they're, they're just a little out of control. Yeah. But they're all wearing yeah. leather, so it's scary, I guess. I think that's maybe what it is. And they're, you don't know, again, because their leader is so crazy. You just don't know what they're going to say right. or do. Right. Yes. And um, so now the cops are celebrating, I guess, celebrating getting out of the trouble that they could have been in. Oh, yes. Yes, so they're the, at the bar. At mm -hmm. the bar, Tackleberry comes in. Mm -hmm. And the goot's like, hey, what's up? And Tackleberry says that he needs to talk to him about a personal matter. A little something personal. I, did you find it interesting that, that they sat down and the goot looked at this bartender and he's like, uh, a beer and a milk. And then the bartender yeah. goes, do you want and a, a shot? shot? <laughs> what? <laughs> and the good's like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. That sounds great. Wait, when you're sitting down with a guy that drinks warm milk, I mean, maybe a shot with your beer is what you're going to need for this conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know? Yes. But he talks about how he is totally in love with his partner. Mm-hmm. And, and a virgin. And a a vir virgin. Yeah, he yells, he yells basically that he's a virgin. Yeah. No. <laughs> for some, again, for some reason, for no reason, for whatever. I, I don't. Well, the goot's kind of taken aback. Like, clearly you have experience with ladies. Right. I see you with ladies all the time. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I don't get. be more clear. Maybe in the first police academy, we are supposed to think he's a ladies' man. I'm not sure. That's the problem with this uh, sequel summer. Like, we're not going to have any idea what's going <laughs> We don't on. know. We have no frame of reference. Yeah, because for know? some reason, it's like, I saw you with a lot of ladies. I'm like, when? Are you yeah. talking about his motorcycle cop And partner? he's so awkward. Like, he and the partner, yeah. they're socially a little bit just awkward, which is fine. But that's why you're like, really? The ladies? How? When? You're not a charmer. It's but, funny, yeah. though. He says... He's a virgin. Mm -hmm. The bar goes quiet. He yells. Yes. And then the scene just ends. <laughs> and then we're Nothing done with that. Resolved. We just needed you to know that. That's all. That's and, all. and then it is a hard cut to the bad guys. Yeah. This Mauser guy and and the silly guy. And oh, is this, this silly guy <laughs> shows him all these pictures of fruits at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. 
And he goes, no, I wanted pictures of the recruits at the bar. Also, I was like, why? Why did you even want them? What does he say, too? And he's like, I, the, I don't need these pictures. He's like, do you want me to save them? The fruits of the bar? I don't know. Come in handy later. It is pretty good. I, it, it's the bar. it is really funny. Yeah. I, I was like, what? Wait, what's happening right now in this movie? And then is this when the lieutenant is like, um, he says how he wants, he just wants to get Mahoney's butt and Mahoney's right there. And he's like, oh, you're talking about my butt, <laughs> just so you know. Because he sort of busts these guys down. Mm-hmm. Like this Mauser guy has some sort of power. He's the one that gives them their jobs in the first place. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to bump all you down to whatever. Although all we see is Gutenberg and his partner sitting in a tunnel. Nobody else seems to be on different duty or it's not like they take away Tackleberry's motorcycle or something. It's just no, it's just the goot that gets sort of demoted. But even that, what is it? So then they're demoted into the tunnel where they just have to watch for cars that break right. down. And suddenly the dog is there. Like the yeah. dog has not been in this movie until this moment. And suddenly the dog is there just so we can hear cars crashing. And also it appears to me Speaking of insensitivity, they appear to just be working the tunnel so they can make some blackface jokes later. When they yeah, show they up. do make like, a terrible. This is yeah. terrible. It's 1985, people. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So when Goot goes back to the to the, I guess they they do. Policemen have a locker room of right. sorts, right? And the Goot's got a soot all over his face, mm-hmm. and they make a terrible blackface joke. Yes. It's really inappropriate. I was like, oh my um, god, you're talking about fruits in a bar, now there's blackface yeah, jokes. I was like, yeah, okay, how, yeah. how far are we going to take this? We really are a little uh, risque. Yeah. Right. This is also where um, Tackleberry is fixing his helmet just with yeah. some glue, just with some epoxy. And yeah. I love how Gutenberg... Or the writers of this movie were like, I don't think people are going to know what epoxy is. Let's yeah. let's have Gutenberg ask a lot of questions like, so is it glue? Yeah, it's kind of like glue. So what, does it become really hard? It kind of becomes like plastic. It's just so we as viewers... So we get a background on what epoxy can do. Yeah. And somehow this guy goes to take a shower. Don't know how Goot got this bottle in there before he got to the shower. But we see this Mauser guy. He's shampooing his hair. It's a great little song Mauser's doing <laughs> while he's in the shower. He's singing in the shower, and he's like, "I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be the chief, and these guys are gonna." T-. Like he's just got this whole little song that he's yep. got about how he's gonna take over this this precinct, yep. and these academy kids are gonna fail. He puts um, the epoxy in his hair. Uh-huh. His hands get stuck. He's also got soap in his eyes, which I thought was kind of funny because when he comes yeah. out, he can't open his eyes to see anybody. And he's naked. He just runs out there naked. And the, the um, uh, what's his name? The sound effects guy. Michael um, Winslow. Let's just call him Michael He's Winslow. making sounds like he's a dog, like he's the dog trying to attack him. And so the bad guys kind of get nervous and nobody will help him. And he's getting angrier and angrier, of course. And he even walks out. I guess the chief is giving some kind of tour to some locals. I don't know what that's he all about. There's to be a tour. I didn't understand that at all. Like, just put a bunch of nuns out there for no reason. Like, if you're going to make this joke, go yeah. all in. Go Right, right. But, yeah, there's some civilians out there getting a tour, and he comes out. And, again, not only is he naked and he can't see, but his hands are just glued into his hair. Um I also and like he, how he says to the chief after he looks around and sees that, you know, he's out there and everybody can see him and he's got no pants on. He goes, if you need me, 
I'll be in my room. I was like, your yeah. room? What? <laughs> Do you mean your office? We know you have an office. Just say office. <laughs> well, then he has his dumb assistant help him to cut his hair. Right, yes. And his hands away from his hair. Mm-hmm. And this is where we then get a couple of scenes where we have a fun um, hairy palm joke yep. that we get to repeat a few times. Yeah. No werewolf jokes. I, I was surprised. I mean, all masturbation jokes, but still, like a werewolf joke, you could thread that in there. They, they, they didn't. Then, and he also gets a terrible, terrible wig. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> this wig that they put on him. It's kind of super funny because when that guy goes, or we could just get you a wig, I did not expect him to be wearing a wig no, for the rest no. of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beautifully combed over mm-hmm. and very, very thick. and it's, much... like, it's really flat, though, too. Yes. And it's just like, where did the hair that he had underneath <laughs> go? It's like he put it on backwards. Yep. And that's exactly then, what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. So, in a movie with a bunch of confusing scenes, how about this one? Where the, um, what would you call him, police chief? What do we call him? I think he's the chief, yeah. Or the Uh, captain. Maybe he's the captain. So, uh, the teacher from head of the class. (laughs) Let's just call him (laughs) Even better. There you go. For some reason, stumbles upon some punk women harassing children in an alley. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls up, gets out of the car threatens to beat everybody up the women run away and it's just he and this guy now he is an older gentleman and this guy is huge and right Hesman's just like come on now it's just me and you let's do it right now all these punks jump out and carry him away yeah they literally lift him up and like carry him like like a piece of lo- like a log yeah. Again, we have not seen him out on the beat. I don't think that's what police Mm-mm. chiefs do. I think Mm-mm. they just kind of ride a desk. It, it, It's a weird scene just so that we can say enough's enough. Well, now then he comes back spray painted. They just spray paint him like rainbow <laughs> colors. And he interrupts the meeting. It is funny because now you've got Perry Palms with his wig on having a meeting with these new Academy members. And who walks in but the chief all spray painted. And he's like, exactly. He says, enough is enough. We've got to do something about this. Um, And then we see a random old man fire a gun in the air. Did you notice (laughs) that? An old cop that we have not seen in this movie. And don't see him again? No. Don't see him again? Don't see him again. And it is kind of funny, the reaction of everyone, because it really is just the police academy cops and the chief Mm -hmm. in this room. And they're like, let's go kick their asses. Suddenly, hard cut to an old man just shooting a gun in the air. And they all kind of look over like, what the hell was that? Who is that? Why did you do that? Yeah. Meanwhile, they've been blowing up lamp stores left right. and yeah. right. Oh, that seems unnecessary. I don't know if you shoot guns in here. Tackleberry and his partner, we see them uh, kind of like they're these two perps that I guess are stealing VCRs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's right. And they're, they they make a comment about how they're they're a great little couple. Right, right. Don't yes. Like, Can you invite us to the wedding? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, she hands him handcuffs. And their hands touch on the handcuffs, Mm -hmm. and it's an adorable, kind of weird little scene. The look Mm -hmm. on the perps' faces are kind of funny, too. Yeah, yeah. I expected them to try and run, but no, they just want to be invited to the wedding. This is where we see Michael Winslow do some kung fu. A scene. It's pretty fun. I think this this must have been the other. uh, I'm just looking at the rest of my notes. I don't think I laughed at. Oh wait, no. There's another part that I kind of laughed at. Oh, there is. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, But we see. 
we see some guys harassing a grocer. Apparently, like I don't know what this guy's doing. I think it's just to show you the work that the team is still doing, maybe in the town. That, okay, like, still that they really are cleaning it up. Yes, yes, and so yeah, because now there's they're harassing this grocer who's just trying to get his veggies together, and um, Michael sees them, and then he jumps the fence. That's how he starts his his kung fu moves. There's is like a big a, fence. Yes. And he just jumps it. And then, yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great the way he does his little Bruce Lee fake voice, whatever, mislead. And some yeah. great karate moves. I mean, better than we saw Chuck Norris oh do. My. I'll tell you that. <laughs> A hundred times better. <laughs> if Michael Winslow was there, those guys would not be in that camp for 10 years. They'd be mm -hmm. there for a week, maybe. Yeah. And then they would yeah. have been broken out. And it would have been, the sound effects would have been amazing. So it. much better. Yeah. <laughs> you want to try and chain Michael Winslow's legs together? Good luck. You're not going to yeah. be able to do it. Because he'll just make the sound of chains clicking. And you'll think, wow, they just did that on their own. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I must have locked these. <laughs> but it is fun. Like, if you're just looking up clips from this movie on YouTube, it's, it's, it's worth checking this out. Yeah. 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 Also, the nerd, the guy, this... Uh, this lamp store owner, he stumbles into a leather bar at this point because oh, the punks yes. are chasing yes. him. Yes, the blue oyster. Mm -hmm. The blue oyster. Mm -hmm. um, all these gay guys are beaten up on the, the punks now at this point. Mm -hmm. It's radioed back in. I did think it was kind of funny how the one guy knew the address exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He knew exactly where it was, and everybody kind of looked at him. Uh -huh. The goot and his partner show up, and... Is it the goot that runs in and then immediately gets thrown out? Gets thrown right out. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But Hightower goes in and he brings out all of the gang members one by one and throws them in the in that cage. Which I guess the is their paddy wagon, but it's literally <laughs> like it's like like uh, like a cage. Like in our in our neighborhood, we don't have a real garbage truck. It's just like a man in a pickup truck, basically that comes and collects your trash. We live in the country. I don't know. That doesn't sound um, right. That sounds like that guy's pretending to be <laughs> the garbage man. He's just living in a garbage castle. <laughs> the garbage king is what he calls his business. I don't question. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, this, this paddy wagon or whatever you want to call it, he just mm -hmm. piles these like unconscious dudes that he just kind of is carrying out one by one of this bar. Yeah. Um, and but then the good drives away, and the, yeah. the good his partner like wave back like, "Hey, thanks for all your help." And he's just surrounded by all these yeah. gay men staring yeah. at him adoringly. It's, oh yeah, it's they think really he's funny. a pop tart. Yeah, they're into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, also, this is kind of funny because now the team's really happy because they're oh just yeah like, oh we caught everybody it's wonderful. Yeah, the arrests were made. The mm -hmm. captain's proud. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. The captain's making a call to his captain to say, like, you know, you're never yep. going to believe this, but we're in such a good way. Mm -hmm. And But then... most of the charges had to be dropped due to their excessive use of force. Too much force. This is this whole movie. Yeah, I How know. How relevant are we? I How know. relevant are we? We're so wow. We're on the pulse <laughs> of a nation. <laughs> So also, at, at some point, for whatever reason, Steve Gutenberg has ordered a cavity search. Oh, yeah. I think, well, this is because he knows that 
that the bad guy has been trying to screw them over again and maybe, I don't know, maybe for the bad guy demoting his assignment. Yeah, so he orders uh, a cavity search. He orders I a cavity know. search for him because, like, a nurse and some orderlies come in. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently that guy's getting a full cavity search. It's hilarious. <laughs> this is when they go on their dates. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, he got her earrings that are hands. Cuffs. Yeah, cuff it's very cute. Like, that's super adorable. Yeah. Um, they go dancing at a luau? Like, where are they? <laughs> I don't know. I did find this actually sweet. Like, I was watching this going, this is kind of cute in this movie. Like, I could I could spend more time with these two. You but wanted right. to know more. But, there is, yeah. like, a luau. For some reason, they're dancing. They're mm-hmm. having some drinks. They're eating. Then they're dancing alone. Like, they closed this place down. Mm-hmm. And then, it was a um, good night for these two. I, I thought it was funny how they come back and she says goodnight to him and stuff. And then she ends up saying that she loves him and he says ditto. And I, I yeah. thought I was like, oh, that's where Patrick Swayze got that from. It <laughs> goes. He there must you go. He must have been a fan. Obviously, especially the second one. Mm-hmm. That's his jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I like she's got there in her apartment. She takes down the Murphy bed yep. to kind of welcome it uh, over for the spend the night. And then they they literally there's a pile of weapons that yeah. as they're getting sexy with each other, they they remove off of each other's bodies. And um, it's the yeah. joke that, you know, in so many movies you would see like, you know, oh, off to the side, the camera would pan down and you'd see like shirt pants but in here it's just giant guns guns grenades (laughs) all kinds of yeah yep Um, yep so now we're sort of nearing the end of this or getting to sort of like the the big finale almost um Mm -hmm. this is when hessman asks uh punky brewster's dad to meet him at a hibachi for some reason yeah and why does Punky Brewster's dad suggest a street fair? Well, how is that the answer <laughs> to all of their problems? Because it really is like, this is terrible. I don't know what to do. And he's like, why don't you just have a street fair? Yeah. Brilliant. Great. <laughs> I did not understand, but it it's does. Ex- Go it's ahead. explained by one of the punks when they stumble upon it and says, it? like, what's going on? He's like, he literally just explains. He's like, well, the police put on this fair to raise money for their for their policing, basically. Um, but it's also to sort of maybe bring the community together and help some morale, I'm guessing. I don't know. It's not clearly discussed, but you're right. It's, it's a lame fair. Oh. Let's also be honest. If you had these lines, when the punks show up, if you had these lines written down... I would love to do a little line reading of this scene where you play Bobcat Goldthwait and I play the <laughs> punk that is next to him. Because when Bobcat Goldthwait says, do you think they have a Ferris wheel? And the other <laughs> punks go, yeah! Oh, yeah! And he goes, well, I don't like them. They kind of make me sick. They and they go, all go, oh. oh. And the yeah. guy next to him goes, well, you don't have to ride it. And Bobcat's response is, but I kind of want to. <laughs> This is the gang. This is the gang that we're dealing with. And that was the scene in the movie where I I laughed again. That was really funny. This is the gang taking over the city, mind you. Just how genuine that blonde-haired guy is when he goes, well, you don't have to ride it. I I found that so entertaining and so amusing. The gang really has a lot of compassion for their leader. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I guess, a wonderful thing. Oh, my Um, God. Then they decide to go have some fun. Let's go have some fun. Yeah, I...
this comes to nothing. No, no. They once they arrive again because yeah. they're not really dangerous. So they <laughs> arrive at the fair and everyone's like, "Oh no, the gang's here!" And they it's like they just knock over tables and they cut in line. Like there's nothing so dangerous <laughs> really that they is. do. It really is. There is nothing dangerous. And also, I was really waiting for it. I was like, oh, the big finale is going to happen here. There will probably yeah, be here at the fair. We'll jump right. on rides. Like, this will be mm-hmm. hilarious. No. Suddenly, Steve Gutenberg suspended. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and then he decides to go undercover because that's Hessman's big plan is he's like, you can go undercover. There won't be a lot of pay. Yeah, yeah, I can't actually protect you. Yeah. I like how his partner's like, and you could be killed. Yeah. (laughs) But the goot decides to infiltrate this gang by putting on a fake mustache and a mullet. Talking like a 1920s bar (laughs) owner. He's talking like a newsie. I don't know what he's doing. He wears a giant trench coat and he has a pipe and he just like hits the fences and stuff. (laughs) And then he he, he smashes up a telephone booth. Oh, I do like that when he takes the lady out of the telephone booth and he's like, she'll call you back. <laughs> call you back. <laughs> and he smashes a few windows and then yells again. I told you she'll call you back. <laughs> but some of Bobcat's thugs see this and they sit down with them. They and see they the have potential. A conversation. They're just yeah. like, why did you do that? Because I wanted to. What's your name? Jughead. What gang are you with? The Archies. <laughs> he gave this no thought at all. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, and then at this point, he has Michael Winslow show up. Yes. And he makes he, Michael Winslow kick his partner, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of funny. He <laughs> over and Mike makes Michael Winslow kick his partner. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh-huh. Also, uh, just in case we thought maybe a, uh, you know, a night of passion was enough for this new couple. Oh, right, right. Oh, whoa, yeah, wait. <laughs> family. But her family, like, uh, hello. Her family is a little bit strange. Her father and her brother like to essentially beat the shit out of each other. They are just wailing on each other, but laughing the whole time. And, and she, too, is like, oh, my God. She finds it hilarious. And he's sitting on the couch. He looks so uncomfortable. It was super uh-huh. fun. But again, what is why? What's going why? on? I don't know why. So now they decide because now I guess the gang is like, hey, Jughead, uh, Mm. you can meet our leader, Bobcat Goldthwait. So now the cops decide to mic him up. But with the hugest (laughs) mic. Like a joke. It's a bright yellow microphone. With like a big ball on the top. Yes. A big foam ball on the top. And he even says something like, where did you get this? And they're like, uh, it's police issued. And he goes, why does it say Mr. Microphone on it? <laughs> and it plays, what does it play? Like part sporting events? It it's plays? like, yeah, it's like sports every now and then. I guess it yeah. would tap into a radio station or yes, something. Yes, But, but anyway, Jughead is off. Yeah. Undercover and um, ready to go and get taken to... Oh, as they put him in, you know, in his undercover garb, they let him know, you know, it's going to be tricky to track you because they can't really, you know, it's not really police work right. following him because he's been put on leave. Um, so they're like, you know, you got to keep us posted. you got to talk into your mic and let us know where you are, mm-hmm. which he does. Right. Um, 
with his little, like you said, newsies. Hey guys, where are we going? Where what are you are taking we doing me, here, folks? <laughs> Fellas, what are we doing? Yeah, so they take him. I like how they're like, "Hey, it's such a nice day. Why don't you take your big giant coat off?" And he's like, "I yeah. like to be hot." All right. Okay. Great. So they take him to the old zoo. Yes. Where Bobcat Goldthwait's watching Family Affair, which I thought I did again, just sitting there watching Family Affair, having a great time. Just enjoying himself. He's in the cave part of the big zoo. I assume maybe where the bears would be. Yeah, I'm not sure how zoos work, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's found out almost instantly because he keeps opening his jacket and muttering "old zoo" into well, it. Well, and the, the he says, "Where, where are we? We're at the old zoo. That's right. We are at the yeah. old zoo. Yeah, you see, yeah. We're at the old zoo." But then the, 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 it goes off. The sports starts playing, and that's really the dead giveaway. Like, if Gutenberg wasn't awkward right. enough um, answering his questions, yep. and what is he does? He said, he asks him a couple of questions that, that he answers wrong. And I like it when he, he takes off his mustache, Zed, or, or, or um, um, Bobcat, when he takes off his mustache and realizes that he's an undercover cop. He's like, You're a cop, and you're an ugly cop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that um, was fun. But, but now all units have to come in and help them right, because yes. shit. Yeah. And it's a whole big I, – I wasn't – I honestly, I could not pay attention at the end of this. They're, yeah, they're wow. running all around. They're arresting people. They're punching people. Somebody, like, swings in. I, I didn't really know what was Well, there's, like, a weird honestly. bridge that they have to take to get yeah. into the cave. That, you know um, those old zoos bridges everywhere. Yeah, that's you know why, how that is. That's why they had to update zoos, you know? You can only have, like, two people on the bridge at a time. It's not easy. It's not. Um, yeah, it's... The, the whole gang basically swarms in somehow. Yeah. They get in there. I do like it. Um, what's his name with the sound effects? Michael... Michael Winslow. Thank you. Michael Winslow. Okay. He he has a bullhorn and he's just making all kinds of sound effects like a helicopter yeah. and guns. So he's making it sound like there's a lot more action right. happening down there than than He seems really to have is. the easiest job cuz he is just standing in a corner with a bullhorn. Everybody else yeah. is punching people, tackling mm-hmm. guys and he's just standing there making noises. Making all the noises. But that's making... his contribution. Yeah. At the end, Bobcat Goldthwait falls down a ton of steps, and I did like the ADR job as he's falling. Oh down yeah! Steps. You just hear him go, "That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt." Because <laughs> he rolls down each one, but it's the it's the captain that then is able to come right. and make that final um, arrest. I yeah. guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even the captain. I mean, the captain, yes, but it is Hooks. Who yes, finally right. defeats Bobcat Goldthwait <clears throat> at the bottom of the steps? Mm-hmm. So really, it was a team effort, but the captain is given back his hat. Yes. And, wow, we did it. But but also, like, there's no comeuppance for. I mean, I guess he's getting a full cavity search, which maybe is enough. But we don't get resolution. Like, no. we don't get the the bad cops being. Busted down. Like, why can't those two guys sit in a tunnel at the end of this with black yeah, smoke yeah, all over their faces? I agree. Like, yeah, something. Why not? But yeah. at the end of this, we have to have a wedding. <laughs> we it's just a wedding. With a wedding. It's a happy wedding. Yeah. Where we have these goofy lovebirds and the parents, her parents are back. Maybe that's why we had to meet her parents in the first place so they could show up at the wedding. Sure. I don't know. And yeah. then they get in the hugest truck with the biggest wheels ever, which Wait. I don't understand that either. The, the drives on the sidewalk, too. Yeah. It's not even on the street. They just yeah, drive away down the know. sidewalk. 
cops. <sighs> Ugh, man. Anyway. Anyway. And police Academy 2. Roll credits. Yeah, Police Academy 2. Yeah. And, you know, as we said earlier, this is supposedly one of the better Police Academy mm. movies, mm. which really doesn't make me excited about revisiting this no. series. And knowing that we have six of them made in this decade. I guess there's maybe silly <sighs> parts or, like, characters maybe that you really like, so you want to follow what their silly antics are. Or maybe Plunky <coughs> Brewster's dad comes back. We all want him to. But... I totally did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, maybe... In three, when Bobcat Goldthwait's a cop, and they yeah. have more to do, and and that nerd's a cop now, and but still, I I keep saying maybe this, maybe that. Uh, if maybe this, this one didn't work good, for you. I no, I'm in no hurry. Yeah. So we'll all get right. to them, but maybe we'll get to them right before we finish out all the Chuck Norris <laughs> movies. Oh no. Well, okay. This having the said that, end of this podcast. I know. For us, <laughs> having said that, it is it's. Okay, if you if I'm if you're gonna gauge it, let's yeah, let's do our better, final judgments here. But go ahead. It like you said, it. I'm the same way about the Police Academy movies. I sort of remember them. I know that they mm-hmm. were funny to me. I remember certain characters, but I couldn't tell you any plots. I really couldn't tell you any distinctive memory of them. Um, but watching this didn't make me want to necessarily revisit right. them. Um, was it as bad as a Chuck Norris movie? No. No. I I didn't have to watch it in like three or four pieces. Like that's a good thing. I mean, it it goes down relatively smooth because it's a short movie and not much is happening. But I wouldn't say it's good. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Great. Agreed. There we have it. (laughs) Excellent. Do you have a recommendation? I do, though. I do, and mine is very, very recent. Okay. Not only that I saw it recently, I just saw it last Friday, but it's very recent, as in it recently came out. Um, it's on Netflix now, mm-hmm. only because it couldn't get released to the theaters because of COVID. Um, the movie The Lovebirds, it's with Kumal Nan. I'm going to mess up his name, Nanjiani, and Issa Rae. Okay. Do you know who he is and who she is? I know who He's a- he is. And she has her own. I might know her if I see her. Yeah, but their chemistry in this is phenomenal. Um, It's directed by Michael Showalter, and it's um, it's like a murder mystery. So they're a couple that is on the verge of breaking up, and Mm -hmm. they are basically they've been dating for four years, and they're in the car, and they're basically having this fight where they're going to break up, and they run over a man. And they, anyway, it gets more involved than that. Right. They get involved in this big murder mystery that they then decide to solve, to help solve. And they go through all these different little, they have all these different little situations, just hilarious little situations that they get into because they are trying to figure out to solve this mystery. It's really, I thought it was really funny and kind of a cute little um fun movie and uh again the two actors together are really have a great chemistry and it, oh. it was a lot of fun it was more fun than police academy 2 all right so it's called the wow. lovebirds it all was right. on netflix recommend it yeah. I will, how about you i will check that out yeah uh, you would like it mine i chose a cop movie good um it's a hong kong cop movie hey hey um, most people listening have probably seen the departed it won best picture Martin Scorsese, but some people might not know that's a remake of a Hong Kong movie called Infernal Affairs. And if, like me, 
You yeah. didn't really like the ending of The Departed, and maybe you really don't like the fact that Marky Mark is in that movie. I would watch Infernal Affairs. This makes up for it. Okay. Because the ending of Infernal Affairs is amazing. It's so great, and I hate to say bad things about Martin Scorsese because he's great, but he really Americanized or kind of mm. gave The Departed a happier ending or more of a satisfying ending with some closure. Infernal yeah. Affairs doesn't do that. It's a really brutal but awesome ending. So okay. check that out. All and right. Marky Mark's not in it, so you don't have to watch so it. So there's that. There's that. Right. Marky you don't have Mark. to see a you don't have to see a rat at the end and go, oh, a rat. I get it. Because uh. he was a rat. So <laughs> if you hated that about the departed, I hate the departed so much. I could see that. <laughs> I could hear it. Yeah. Uh, check out Infernal Affairs. It's awesome. So excellent. All right, so Jamie, in two weeks, yeah, the summer of sequels rolls on. Keeps on going. And I have some good news for you because yeah. if you liked Michael Winslow doing some karate, how do you feel about a karate kid doing some karate? Wow, but the second one. The second karate kid. Karate kid two. Two, which I always okay. I always love the Karate Kid Part Two because it starts. It's one of those rare movies that starts at the very end of the last one. Like literally, they picks are right in up the yeah. parking lot mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. the big tournament at the start of the second movie. It's great. It's like when shows did a to be continued, and it was just to be continued. Right, <laughs> right. there, we go picking it up. Yes. Yeah. So I am. Uh, I think this is the one where he goes to Japan. Mm. Uh, lots of bonsai trees or something. I don't it's know. Gonna be good. It's gonna um, be good. I remember enjoying this entire series when I was younger. Mm. Um, I'm kind of afraid to watch it now because it might be terrible. The second we're, one, but that's what we're gonna do. You know what? We're diving in head first. Let's do it. Diving in head All first right. to the second movie of a series let's, again. Let's. <laughs> All right, Karate Kid 2 coming up next. It'll be All a right. lot of us going, where did this Karate Kid come from? Why do they call him the Karate Kid? I don't understand. What's happening? Where's Mr. Miyagi? I'm assuming Mr. Miyagi's is... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in it. First of all, I like that you call him Mr. Miyagi. I like that a lot. All right. Anyway, so we will talk to you all again in two weeks when we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2. Until then, have a great two weeks, everybody. Goodbye.
But he was the only one who was egged. It would be funnier if he walked in and everybody was covered in eggshells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just him.